back, everyone. Today we have a very special guest on the podcast. We have Miles Long with us all the way from <laughs> all the way from Las Vegas. Uh, Miles is a he's a well, what, what isn't he? Actor, um, producer, director, uh, photographer, and porn star. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> what else is on this list, Miles? I feel like the list is just never ending. I was getting dizzy, like scrolling so down. Car and bike builder. Yeah, car and bike builder enthusiast. Uh, yeah, I think just about everything you can imagine, Miles has either done or is doing. <laughs> or is about to do. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, well, welcome to the show. Uh, I've done okay. I just was one of those guys that never wanted to be sitting on my deathbed and go, you know, I wish I'd have tried that. Yeah, we can go tell. do it now. Just put it on your bucket <laughs> yeah, you list. You've really crammed it, it all in, haven't you? Filling up your bucket list. So let's start with your first passion or the first thing you ticked off on that bucket list, right? So how did okay. you get into the porn industry? <laughs> now that's an interesting story. Actually, I got into it because of my first wife. Oh, okay. and uh, we started out not actually on the film side, but on the feature dancing side. So at the time that we were involved in feature dancing, we had a very large and elaborate show. It was actually the largest one in North America. Oh. And I was her licensed pyrotechnician, her in, in both US and Canada, her DJ, her MC, her lighting guy. And we, we had so much stuff, we had to tour with a trailer. And I would have to drive between bookings and you would have to lock me in the club overnight because we had trussing, we had intelligent lighting, we had pyrotechnics, we had snow machines, we had bubble oh, machines. Wow. We had plexiglass bathtubs, you know, we had remote controlled cars with dildos on them. We had all kinds of, we had my own DJ booth. So I would have to set that stuff up and then I would just tell the DJ, hey man, you can take a break. What's little tip you? Don't worry. But uh, I run her show and it was, it was like a kiss concert, except she would get naked. You know, I taught her how to trail fire across her body with 10 torches mm -hmm. and like, it was very elaborate. So we had a great show and we loved doing what we were doing and we were touring, but you know, 52 weeks a year on the road can get old. Yeah. And at one point we were feature dancing in Toronto, Canada, and we met a very famous vivid contract star named Diana Loren. And, you know, she was featuring the same club as us. And she was like, wow, your show is amazing, but I get paid 10 times what you guys get paid because, you know, one of the things that dictates what you get paid as a feature dancer is how well known you are right because that mm -hmm. translates directly to liquor sales for the club and entrance fees for the club right yeah. so if a girl is super famous they're going to pay her more money because more people are going to come see her right yeah so she said i don't know if this is for you if you have the interest but if you think you might want to be in an adult film if you come down to la i'll shoot your first one for vivid so we were like well we're pretty freaky deaky <laughs> i'll give it a try what the hell right so we drove all the way down to LA and that was back in 1999. Oh, and that was when they were first trying to figure out the POV genre. Before that, there wasn't a POV genre, oh, right? Wow. It was just, they made movies and then at some point people had sex in them, right? Yeah. So if you can imagine, there's like 20 guys standing around and a grip tuck and lighting and sound. And these guys are trying to put arms and stuff over to put these really big, they didn't have small cameras. You know, you, you didn't do this. Right. And so I did really well. And they're like, Hey, uh, 
you should stick around. You're pretty good at this. We're going to give you more work. <laughs> how, how did you feel with that first experience? That's how I got into the business, right? It was kind of an afterthought. And for us, we were like, well, we're just going to take, I know I'm dating myself, the VHS cassettes. And, then later, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to take them. And when we feature dance, we're going to give them away on stage. Oh, and, nice. you know, that's what, that's what we originally used them for, right? Yeah. And then what we realized as I was driving around to the, companies to pick those things up, I started to notice that the guys who were driving Ferraris and Lamborghinis were not the guys that were doing this. Mm, okay. They were the guys that owned the product and distributed the product. Yo. And I was like, hey, this is really fun, but I could have more fun if I had more money. I could buy the fun that I want to have, exactly. right? So what back then, they they made movies, and at some point, people would do the horizontal mambo. Right, which means they rented the same cameras you made real movies okay. in, and we're talking about two hundred fifty thousand dollars cameras, fifty thousand dollars lenses, yeah. directors' carts, monitors, sound gear, boom operators, all this stuff. It's right? a different world, isn't it? And those, yeah, oh my god! So all that stuff because it's expensive, yeah. and you got to know how to put it together, tech it, do the problem solving, hook it up, all that stuff. So they would rent it from somebody. So I bought two complete packages and I rented it to everybody, oh, okay. which built me in a job, oh, right? Nice, nice. It means that I had to show up and be the assistant director or the technical director mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it, set the gear up, sat there, troubleshooted it, sat next to the director if something didn't work. And so basically I looked at the monitors a lot. Mm -hmm. And what I started to notice is, there were guys who held the camera, right? And some of them were incredi incredibly talented and they're my friends and mentors. Mm -hmm. But there were also some guys that, you know, maybe if they were shooting a television interview with an anchor and they were describing the news, they would be perfect, right? Yeah. But they weren't getting this shot. Okay. They didn't understand. That's not what they wanted to look at. So, of course, when you were looking at what they were shooting, you're like, what is that? It's not even in the right spot. I can't see it. It mm. doesn't It doesn't make sense to me, right? Yeah. So one of my very oldest friends and mentors in the business, and people often refer to him as the Steven Spielberg of porn. His name is Michael Nin. What a name. He's not in the yeah. adult. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's in the CBD business, and he's actually going to have a – um, showing of his life's work, his 30 years of life's work, that's going to be here at the Erotic Heritage Museum here in Las Vegas coming up in a couple of months. Oh, cool. So, you know, if you have a chance to see something that is absolutely incredible, I mean, he did shows that are just unbelievable. I can't describe them. Mm. He flew a whole crew to Hungary to shoot one movie oh, wow. where we rented a castle and at midnight, we had a girl riding through the castle gates on a white horse Fuck with snow going in the background. <laughs> that is insane. Like, we're like movies, right? That's so cool. that's what we're talking about. And he had always encouraged me. And he's like, I think you should pick up a camera. I think you should start practicing. Because mm. he, we met his talent. I was one of the performers in one of his movies. And he always encouraged me, right? And so he was one of the first people to rent my gear. And so then... We actually did that movie. We flew to Hungary, and you know it's it's a big production to take your gear 
to another country. Of course. Because they want to know that you're actually coming with the gear and you own it, mm. and you're going to go back with the gear. You're not going to sell it there, right? Yeah. So you have to have this international cartage document that costs a lot of money. Oh, and you know what? Back then, I'm flying with 11 Pelican cases full of camera gear to Hungary yeah. to shoot this movie. <laughs> and so I brought all that stuff. We brought one camera guy, and then his plan was, I'll get another camera guy in Hungary and he'll shoot the other camera. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe this guy, he's a very nice guy. Uh, maybe he was perfect if you were, again, that news anchor yeah, and you were just show. talking about the weather. Mm -hmm. He was probably perfect, right? But with two beautiful girls, you know, uh, doing the horizontal mambo on the steps of this gigantic castle, he was totally out of his element. And it was like not at all usable footage, mm -hmm. right? So, He's like, you know, Miles, go pick up the camera. Show me what you got. Because he knew I had been practicing okay. at that point, right? And I did. And he was like, you're fired. And I got my new oh, camera wow. out. <laughs> That's how it started, right? You know? So, and, uh, and sorry, how long ago was this? When, what year was this? So this is in the early 2000s. Okay. Okay. Right? Perfect. And so then he encouraged me actually to start directing. And he, he actually called uh, another owner of another company. Scott at New Sensations and said, man, you got to give this guy a shot, man. He's going to, he's going to blow your socks off. And so that my first directing deal was with Scott at New Sensations, making this very high end, glamorous, um, cinematic stuff. Mm. And it got nominated for a lot of awards and it did really well. And I explained to people that the adult business is like any business. And in order to do well, I equate it to surfing. And people kind of look at me where I'm like, bear with me, I'll explain. <laughs> if you ever go surfing, you can see there's 30 people sitting on boards talking. And there's two people that look back and go, ooh, that's my wave. I got to start paddling now. Mm -hmm. So in business and in life, you want to be the two guys who are surfing, not the 30 people sitting around on boards talking. Nice. Right? Nice. So in the mid-2000s, I started to see a shift in the content that we started to make and it was from less of the big cinematic stuff where at some point somebody might get naked and more gonzo content which is much more commonplace today which is much more in your face a bed a wall on plant you do a little tease and the girl's gonna go crazy right mm -hmm. so at that point i looked i started to paddle and i got a job with one of the best companies that was out there, third degree and zero tolerance. And I started to shoot that style content. And the interesting thing about that was there was a requirement for the director to deliver a box cover and still photography. Because before that, he had a gigantic crew. So it didn't require you to pick up the camera. Mm. It didn't even require for you to shoot stills. Mm. You hired those people to do it because you needed a big crew to shoot a big movie. Yeah. But when you shoot Gonzo product, the director is a, a one-man show if he's really good, right? Yeah. He shoots the stills. He does the production managing. He shoots the camera. He directs. He does all of it, right? Mm. So I've had a couple of really close still photographers who were friends and mentors. Uh, one was Chris Streams, who were like one, one of my oldest friends in the business. We used to live together. He directs for Evil Angel now. And Laurent Skye who was Michael Nin's photographer, but now is with Black, Tushy, and Vixen. And they both showed me the, my way around the camera and their you know, unique style. And I developed my own unique style 
of how I like to shoot photography that is very distinctive now. It's very noticeable when it comes to social media. It's very noticeable when it comes to magazines and other stuff that I do. And so I evolved from that and started to deliver a really nice photography. And then I realized it's something I really had a passion for. Okay. And the style of photography that I do translated really well into mainstream stuff. Uh, branding, advertising, you know, liquor companies, gun companies, diamond merchants, nightclubs, casinos, mm. car stuff, not just a girl, right? And that stuff didn't originally do that well for me because I tried to find a photography agent in L.A. Mm -hmm. in the 2000s. And they all turned their nose up at me. They're like, ah, oh, it's never going to work. you got to change your stage name. All you do is adult stuff. And at the time, I had done like hundreds and hundreds of magazine covers for gentlemen's magazines, yeah. right? So I know you do it. It's just you got to give somebody the opportunity to do something else besides taking a picture of a girl if you want them to be able to show what you can do, right? Mm. And I finally met a photography agent who was French. She was a very nice lady, and she finally returned my phone call as opposed to some of the other people who just – you know, would laugh at me basically. Yeah. So a lot of people and just saw like, you're you in know, the porn industry and was just like, okay, that's what you do over there. Yeah. We're they're like, oh, you know, screw this guy, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's never going to make it. Yeah. Right? And for me, I'm just like, when you say that, I'm like, yeah, you're like hey, fuck you guys, watch me. Hold my beer. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so she's like, look, you know, your, your photography is really, really good. Mm. The problem is you're pigeonholed here in LA. You're going to have to go someplace else or change your name, which I was unwilling to do because I have a trademarked stage name. It's been trademarked for many years. Yeah. I've enforced my trademark and copyright numerous times. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't willing to change that branding. Mm. And what I noticed when I moved up to Vegas, you know, it's like the floodgate opened and people wanted the opportunity to work with me because they were like, Everything here in Vegas is based on the idea that if you buy this product, then you might get be able to get with this pretty girl, right? And it okay. doesn't matter whether it's a $17 bottle of vodka they're going to sell you for 8000 bucks at a nightclub. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's renting a Lamborghini for a day. It doesn't matter if it's buying a $50,000 watch or going to this expensive steak dinner or going around a racetrack or whatever it is you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And you can do it here. So they're like, there's no better guy than the guy who used a pretty picture of a girl to sell a box cover or a magazine. Nobody's going to be better than him to do that. Exactly. Right. And so at that point, I was at the floodgates open and I was able to do tons of mainstream photography for lots of other stuff, which was great for me. Um, but it took moving into another market space and finding a way to do it. Otherwise, you just keep running into that brick wall where people are like, nah, he can't do that. He can't yeah. do that. And I tell people all the time, look, when somebody in life tells you you can't do something, don't listen to them. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you can't do it. Mm -hmm. All it means is they can't do it. That's it. Right? So you never limit yourself and your dreams to what somebody else is never going to achieve. I like that. And, you know, maybe it's just that I grew up in, you know, very humble beginnings and I set really lofty goals for myself. That's, you know, certainly part of it. Certainly it's my, my parents had really solid work ethic and they instilled it into me. And, you know, that that's important too. 
But I think, you know, I spent a long time in the army and that's something they drill into you because mm. there's literally nothing that's impossible. You're not going to be jumping out of planes if you thought it was impossible. You know what I mean? You're not going to be climbing over mountains and, you know, running 12 miles if you're like, ah, oh, never mind. I, I just want to ride, you know? <laughs> so that sort of mindset of being relentless has really carried me forward into every aspect of the rest of my life. That's awesome. And, I, and it sounds like those early stages of your career, it all kind of added to the next step because I think you started off as a porn yeah, star, true. right? So then that yep. helped you to 100%. understand like what angles you need to take for the, um, f- yeah. for the yeah, camera 100%. work, right? And, and then- certainly uh, performing will definitely make you a better director. Yeah. And directing is going to definitely make you a better performer. Yeah, you know, I think that makes sense. Yeah. What happened is that after that period of Gonzo stuff, you know, once again, I saw the writing on the law wall and there was like a shift more toward internet based product. Mm. And so, you know, my first move out of, you know, working for the, the one of the best Gonzo companies out there was to work for Brazzers uh, because I was like, the writing's on a wall. I need to move in the internet market if I want to grow and still continue to flourish. Smart. And, you know, thank God I did. Yeah. And, you know, I flourished with them for many years and then I got hired away by one of their competitors. Most people have never heard of and did really well with them. And that company was like, hey, look, we want you for your photography. Sure. But we remember when you used to perform, we want you to perform again. We oh, want you to wow. Nice. So you went back to performing too. Right. So I went back to performing for them. And then I had a buddy that I used to work for. He would hire me to shoot his stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was really heavy in the clips market. And he was like, look, if you're already doing a POV, why don't you just do another POV on the same day? Mm-hmm with a different girl and then own that content yourself. And this is, you know, back in, you know, before anybody thought of the ideas, this is like, you know, 2010, 2013. So like right? pre-only fans days. <laughs> before anybody said, hey, there's like a OF or a Just for Fans or mm-hmm. a Fansly or a Clips for Sale or a Many Viz, there wasn't that, right? And people were like, I don't get it. Why are you working for free? <laughs> I they didn't get it. get it, right? And I'm like, trust me. Like, once again, I'm paddling, right? I'm yeah. paddling, right? Paddling, exactly. right? And so, you know, that translated in owning a lot of product. Now, I'm a, over 100 movies in the product that I own oh, wow. that's copyrighted. And, you know, I, I do broadcast deals, licensing deals, foreign sales, clip sales, you know, on various different fan sites and stuff. And now everybody's like, you should be owning your own content. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Yeah. so do you not have your own only behind me, bro? But thank you. <laughs> You're right. You should. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's crazy. So what what do you what do you attribute? Because it seems like each stage of your career, you're like one step ahead a little bit, right? Like the internet phase, owning your own content phase. Um, So I know you said like the analogy of the the paddling um, surfboard, right? But what what do you think allowed you to really be able to intelligently pick what you think was actually going to work in that next stage? Because I'm sure you'll probably uh, introduce a lot of things that just didn't work and you didn't do and didn't move forward with. So what do you attribute to actually getting it right each time? Sorry. Yeah, you have to you have to kind of pick and choose because a lot yeah. of times you don't really know if something is going to work out well. Mm. I can't tell you the number of times I had a company come on board, hire me, and go, "Hey, man, what we're going to do? We got this new idea for shooting VR stuff, you know, and oh, it used wow. to be really complex stuff where they would get two cameras and they would mount it on a bracket and they would try and sync time codes and they would try and fix it later, 
right? They, they hadn't even gotten to the point where now it's just one camera that's a 360 thing and it has two lenses. Or we, you know, it, it was a lot of times where guys are like, hey, I got this new thing. It's yeah. going to work. And I'm like, hey, we can give it a try. I, you know, yeah. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm all, I'm all in. I'll give yeah. it a try, right? And it didn't work out for them, right? Yeah. But I think the biggest thing that you have to do not only is to be mentally disciplined mm. but not look at the world like this thank you because if you look at the world in blinders you don't see this mm. you know in the military we call it situational awareness mm. right if you just have your head down here and you're not looking up and you don't see all this you don't have situational awareness somebody's going to hit you in the back of the head with a brick or something <laughs> yeah. right? exactly. so so we're always talking about situational awareness, you know, mm. when it comes to gunfighting and when it comes to the military stuff, you got to have situational awareness in business, right? Yeah. Because if you don't have situational awareness, pretty soon you don't have a business. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way. Truth. And a lot of those companies that I work for, they didn't see the prominence or the rise of the Gonzo mm. market. They like, no, we're going to keep making feature movies. They're not here anymore. Mm. No, we're not going to move the internet market. That browsers, that's just a silly startup. It's never going to go. They're not in business. <laughs> right. So you have to be able to see the horizon and then make a judgment call. Well, if I want to keep working or I want to do that, I got to do this or I got to do that. Mm. I need to go get some education. I need to go buy a new camera. I need to whatever, right? And how did your, how did your family feel when you went from military to you and your first wife getting into the industry that's, and then filming. That's a very, that's a very funny story too, <laughs> right? So, you know, my mom was always very supportive, and my stepdad was always very supportive of me. And but my new my my stepdad was a consumer of this product, an yeah. avid consumer. So we knew it was just a matter of time before he opened up a magazine oh, or no. a video and saw us in it, right? So. My, on the other hand, my my dad was very traditional. He's he's Filipino. I'm okay. biracial, so I'm half Filipino. I'm half white. Oh, okay, nice. So he comes from a very traditional background. He didn't really think very highly of this business. So um, when I got to the point a couple of years in that it was just a matter of time that we ought to take the parents out to dinner and explain what we were doing, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, we flew up to Northern California where. I'm from, took my mom, my stepdad out to dinner with my then wife. And I was like, hey, look, I just wanted to let you know, uh, we're in this new business. I know you know what we're feature dancing. So we started making this movies because it's going to translate into better feature dancing money. And we're doing this and we're doing that. And, you know, don't worry, we're not crazy. We're not messed up on drugs. We got this business plan. We're saving money. It's, you know, everybody's tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you pick who you want to work with. And they're like, oh, well, I mean, yeah. Not killing anybody. Oh, really? You're safe and you have whatever, right? You know. Nice. And then uh, my 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 dad was not that supportive. He okay. he really uh, bought into the stereotype of this business mm. and the stigma. You know what I mean? And it wasn't until he had to come down to L.A. for work, and so he stayed at my house with me. And then that was back when I was only in behind the camera and I was renting all those camera packages out. Yeah. Right. So then he, I think most people think that, you know, being on an adult film set is one big party and everybody's banging in the bathroom and doing drugs and going crazy. And maybe at some point they'll make a movie, right? Yeah. It's not like that. It's work, right? Yeah. 
and he watched me get up and I was like, hey, come with me. And he's like, no, no. I'm like, no, you should come with me. You should see this, right? Mm. And when you get up at six in the morning and you load up your truck with all the camera gear and then you drive to a set and it takes you three hours to set up the gear and tech it. And then the director's over there and they're setting up a car and they, it, it, it totally blows your image of what the adult business is like. You're like, holy cow, this is like a movie. And they're like, cut, no, you messed up that line. Come back here. You're going to walk on this mark. Hey, go over here and put a piece of tape on the ground. This is where you got to walk from here to here. Now check the focus. Pull the focus over here. Wait, stop. Let's take a still of this. This is great. We need this. We need this for the mm -hmm. box. Okay. So everybody brings all the still stuff in. And then, you know, so he watched me do that for like six weeks. He stayed with me. Oh, and then he was like, holy cow. Uh, I didn't realize this, but this is like this is like a legitimate business. Mm. I'm, I'm really proud of you. Like that's awesome. You know, especially with all the cameras and having the tech stuff and the director card and the sound and all that, the lighting and everything. It's much more complex than people give us credit for. Yeah. And usually the adult business is the probing ground for the technology of the future. Doesn't matter what it is, right? Really? There was a shift from the VHS cassette to the DVD, right? Mm. Then there was a fight. There was a fight between whether it was going to be Blu-ray or it's going to be HD DVD. Mm. And we shot in a higher-end format with new cameras just until Blu-ray run out, mm. right? And the way it ran one out was Sony was smart and bought the entire catalog of back movies and converted it all into that. So there was nowhere for Toshiba and HD DVD to go because they couldn't get any of those previous movies because they owned oh, interesting. it interesting yeah. right and so then that became the de facto standard right so now here we are doing that and so again technology was always the probing ground now there is actually efficient vr technology and there are companies that specialize in shooting only vr stuff and it's because you know they figure out how to make it work on a phone in an oculus and you wear it and you can look around and it's like you're really there. That's crazy. I've never so, seen VR porn before. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah I, I did check thing. it. Because yeah. I've done VR like VR. It's kind of interesting. Stuff, you know, it, it's, I think they haven't really got where you need to be in order to make it immersive, right? Yeah. And that doesn't mean that there's an, a consumer base for it because there's some companies who are yeah. doing really well with it. Mm -hmm. It is coming. But in my <laughs> opinion, the sale for that has got to be that if you were filming this immersive, you have some kind of suit you're wearing or something. So when the girl does this, you feel it here. And when she blows in your ear, you feel it, right? And when she's doing whatever it is she does downstairs, you feel what that girl actually does. Then that VR market space is going to explode, right? Yeah. Because anytime you have your favorite performer doing a scene, you're actually in that scene with your favorite performer and that's just going to be a totally next level thing it's going to be when that happens yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then there, there will be no market space for entitled people right because there will be no way to market them they're going to be like no thanks i'm going to go home and i'm going to bang my fantasy because she's not going to give me crap and tell me i got to buy her a watch <laughs> right so yeah, exactly. people will become a lot more down to earth right and they'll be much more genuine yeah. which I think is not a bad thing, but it's, it's an interesting sort of way of looking at how technology is always a probing ground in this market space. When it works out well, then they shift it up and it's, it's in mainstream movies or they use it in other stuff. Yeah, that's cool. And I think it's really nice to see <clears throat> whenever anyone has like a very negative stereotype of the adult industry to see that dissipate when they 
actually just go in there and see what's happening, right? So yeah. same with your dad, right? He imagined a bunch of like, as you said, like people doing drugs, 100%. you know, and then fucking off in the bathroom. I, I am then, the poster boy for dispelling the stigma of what people are in the adult business. Yeah, there you go. Because you know? they're like, oh, he's just a porn guy. And then they talk with him and you're like, oh man, that guy, he's sharp and he's got all these hobbies and he does this and he does that and is a business, you know what I mean? So, and do you think that's changed at all through the years, like through the evolution of the porn yeah, industry? Hundred percent, because there was a time where you couldn't even get on TV, right? Mm. And then, really, Jenna Jameson was the first person that was able to be breaking through that glass ceiling. She was on the E News tonight and discussing fashion and doing interviews and stuff like that, and it it opened the doorway for other people, right? Mm. And I, I strongly believe that the stuff that I did that has become groundbreaking has really opened the door for a lot of people to uh, pursue their own hobbies, pursue their own passions and look for stuff outside the adult market space. And now, you know, things are very much more blended. Mm. Not only do mainstream celebrities have, you know, OF or just for fans or fansly or whatever it is, to interact with their fans and maybe they put a little racier content on that too there are people who came from the adult market space that have legitimate other things that they do you know joanna angel and liquid death for example you know mm -hmm. just lots of stuff that you could do that it doesn't pigeonhole you in just this a girl wearing a bikini or you know there's other things you can do and it's okay to talk about your passions and your hobbies and your interests and find something that you can do and share with other people because whatever you're into I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's working on cars or potting plants or painting or you know scuba diving there there's going to be a fan group on facebook and there's going to be you know some hobby space where you you can interact with the other people hmm. who have that same uh interest or hobby and you know if there's people who want to sell stuff to those people, you're going to be able to be a spokesmodel. You're going to be able to co-brand. You're going to be able to do marketing um, strategies with them, not just on your social media, but in other things mm. like Nitrous Express. Yeah, I was, uh, right? that's what I was about to ask. <laughs> like the Everybody knows <laughs> I am a car nut. I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm an avid car builder and bike builder. I build all the stuff myself. The cars have done really well, not just on social media, but they've won awards. They're sponsored. They've been in shows. They've been at booths at SEMA and CES. They've been in magazines. And I've been able to really co-brand with some really great sponsors. And I, and I pick and choose. I pick guys who believe in the stuff that I believe in and they reach out to me and they believe in, I believe in their product too. I'm, I, and so I put it on my own cars and bikes. You know, I have a, mm -hmm. I have a nitrous drag chopper that I built. It took a year and a half to build. And I have nice. a dual bottle nitrous kit from Nitrous Express on it. I have an award-winning Forester that's taken me three years to build. And I'm building a very custom nitrous kit for it right now. And uh, you know, the guys are really excited about it. We've been talking about plans and projects and stuff for it. So it's really cool. You can, if you think outside the box, you can really grow into the social media marketplace the influencer market space, the branding market space. And there's lots of opportunities, but you have to have an open mind. And the, the other thing is you have to have work ethic. Mm. You Sp can't just Speaking of cars, you have, you have a TV show now, don't you? That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what's it, something it's called Mods and Mods. Mods and Bods, that's the one. And one of the things that I, I noticed that looking at other TV shows, 
is there's, you know, guys that'll sit there and talk about, we're going to build this car today. Right. And they'll have a pretty girl and she'll be at the beginning and she'll say, Hey, they're going to build this car today. And then the guys <laughs> work on the car and at the end, she's like, we'll be at a nice time. See you next time. Right. Well, I thought there's a lot of opportunity for girls who are friends of mine. Not only would they like to work on the car with me, but the fans would like to hear them work on the car and the funny stuff that we talk about. Cause you know, we're funny. We talk about sex and we talk about mm. life and we talk about funny little quirky stuff that happened on set. And then they're working on the car with me and then we're going to do a photo shoot and then we have an interview. So you, it's actually a much more personal experience with the girl. So even if you're not a fan of that one particular girl, you're going to want to see what makes her tick and what, mm. what she's interested in and, her funny quirks, maybe her pet or whatever it is that, you know, she would like to talk about. And also our funny little quirky innuendos and jokes that we have while working on that really long, thick ratchet. You know, or whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> so it's very tongue in cheek because, you know, as, as you can tell, I don't take myself too seriously. You know, I got a good sense of humor. So it works out really well. And, and, and I think it'll be much more interesting than just, seeing a pretty girl at the very beginning and the very end, you know? So these girls are actually working on the car. Like I'm trying to picture this. So that you actually like, yeah. that's awesome. That's really cool. We're working on so the car together. Is that still running plus, now? Like, is that still on? Yeah, we're in production right now. We're in production. Okay. So it hasn't aired on yet. The LFC network. Yeah, it hasn't, hasn't aired oh, yet. Oh, okay. Let's keep that's an eye out that. <laughs> and it's cool because a lot of my gal friends were like, I'd like to learn how to work on a car. I like to learn how to change my brakes. Nobody ever wants to show me, you know? Yeah, I have no idea. And I'm like, well, I'm, I bet that's when the light clicked on. I'm like, wait, I got a thing here. Wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like a light bulb moment. <laughs> I'd, yeah. I'd love to see you work like, on the car. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, I couldn't. I probably, no, there's no way. <laughs> Can be like, what am I doing? No, <laughs> like, to work on a car. Say it again. We're going to work on a car. When you come out to Vegas, we're going to work uh, on a car. Yeah, wanna, when I, I, when I come to America, I'll okay. do it. percent <laughs> I want to see this. This would be great. Yeah, I'll do it. Right, I'll do done. it. I'll get my hands, get down and dirty. Yeah, get a little dirty. All right. <laughs> see, right. She's already dropping innuendos. See how fun that is? Like, <laughs> great. She's right? going to be perfect for it. This is great. So, she's like, I'll get down on my hands and knees and work on that yeah. car. <laughs> 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 so what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I was like, um, well, something that I would, uh, well, this is a bit of change of a topic, but something that I'm kind of interested in. So um, the wife sure. that you mentioned before, um, I believe, is she your ex-wife now? Yeah, my, she's my ex-wife. So how do you go Although with dating? We're actually still very good friends. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm curious um, how you we, go with dating, um, being in the industry are, around pretty girls easy. all the time. Do you date much? Yeah, sure. I, I, I try to, you know what I mean? I haven't. I haven't found the the special someone. I've been married three times. It didn't really work out well. Um, but I will say I learned a lot about myself. Mm. And one of the most important things that I learned for myself was that Captain Savaho has left the building. Mm, right. <laughs> Wait, what? You, What's a Captain Savaho? Is that it, a thing? It's, <laughs> it, it's, you know, when you, when you see a bird with a broken window, you're like, oh, let me, yeah. let me help the bird. That's oh, my God. Like, is that a thing, guys? Yeah, it's, it's, help it with that ring, and then they'll be okay, right? Yeah, yeah no. It's, it's <laughs> very <laughs> common with men. It's very common with men. Yeah, so right? Okay, just so like a little what project. What I learned was I should look for a partner who's a peer, and not somebody to help fix, right? Yeah. Because all I'm doing at some point is just enabling them, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the hardest thing that I've found over the years is somebody who wants to date me for who I am, not 
what I do and what I can do for their mm -hmm. career, right? Which has been something that's been difficult. But what I also learned, you know, more recently is that uh, before this, I didn't really think it was possible to find somebody outside the business who would accept me for who I am and what I do. And it, it actually took me, I started to shoot, you know, for this lingerie fighting championships. And uh, one of the rest was expressed interest. He's like, look, I know you're doing scenes and I'm fine with it. I know it's work, whatever, you know, you just, just end up, you know, coming back home to me kind of thing. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe I had been like this in the dating world. Maybe I should do this and see what else is out there. Cause if there's one person, there's more than one person. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, that, that was a good eye opening moment for me. And, you know, some, some introspection occurred there. Um, so, I'm, I'm going to continue to look around and, and I will not limit myself to just being in the adult business because yeah. I think that was part of the problem. There was an expectation that, you know, folks wanted some, some help to further their career or, you know, open the door to a company or that I would help them the way I helped some of my ex-wives. And I don't necessarily think that that's the best relationship to be in for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can imagine that would be hard. How do you navigate yeah. that? So say you do meet someone, like how do you navigate between, okay, are they liking me for me? Or do I think they have an ulterior motive behind this? Because I imagine it's very difficult, right? It can be hard to judge and navigate that when you're meeting someone. Yeah, I think it's 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 challenging. I think you have to have a good radar. You gotta ask the right questions. And you know, these days I I downplay the adult work and, and talk about the mainstream stuff much more because in you know, the reality is I'm doing a, a ton of mainstream stuff these days. Mm. It's so much that, you know, at some point I'll, I'll, I still shoot content for myself and for my close friends, but I don't have to shoot other stuff for other people. No. So, you know, I'm sure there'll be a point where I shoot less and less of that. If, you know, magazine work is more and some of the other businesses I have take off. I'll just continue to do that stuff because I find that very fulfilling and it's very enjoyable. And one of the things that I really enjoy the most about moving into the mainstream market is that coming from the adult market space, what I noticed is the companies would make a point to not promote the directors. Oh, They're really? like, yeah, we don't promote the directors. We promote ourselves. I'm like, well, from my standpoint, first of all, I think that's stupid. I have a gigantic social media accounts and a blue check mark and you don't. So I, I would think you'd want to promote me because then I'm going to promote you yeah, and that's co-branding. So you're going to make more money. So first of all, you're an idiot, but <laughs> setting that aside, right? One of the things I noticed working in the mainstream market is the very first thing that Playboy or FHM does when their magazine comes out is they post the cover and tag me, the girl and the makeup artist yeah. and go, what a great cover. And that is so refreshing. And I'm like, wow, I, I should have, I should have made sure that happened all this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? That just is like another light bulb moment. Wow. Yeah. They should be, you're right. They should be promoting. Yeah, of you're course. right. Yeah. It, so it, it made me realize that, you know, and it, in, in business and in life, you know, people can only treat you bad if you let them. Hmm. Right. Because if you will not settle for that, they can't treat you poorly, yeah. right? And as you said, it's so, in their best interest. Like the whole idea of co-promoting just makes sense to yeah. me. Like they're, they're going to yeah. get more views, more followers. But I, I, I found it routinely. I've even found girls who take my photos and will post them afterward. And then 
don't tag me. That's and I'm like, silly. well, okay. That just means I'm going to make a comment under that post and go, I really like taking that photo of you. And I'm not going to share the post, yeah. right? That's your loss, not mine. I don't care because yeah. the photos are distinctive. You you know I took it. Yeah. You can't miss it whether my watermark is on there or not. Mm. So whatever, you know. And then I just won't shoot you anymore. It's fair. Yeah, it's so true. So, Cross promotion and collabing, that really is like the way the way to go yeah, it's, <laughs> at it's the moment. Now, especially and, like and I think fans, yeah. right? you want to find people who are like-minded, right? And my little circle of friends, you know, like Bella Madison and Aubrey Black and girls like that, we constantly promote with each other. We constantly advertise each other. We constantly bring each other up. And I, I tell people like, you know, you want to surround yourself with like-minded people. You want to be driven. You want to not s accept no for an answer. You want to strive after your dreams and you want to find other people who will do the same thing with you. Otherwise you should not have any space for them in your life because all they're going to do is drag you down. Mm. You want them to build you up because you're going to build them up, right? And those are the girls that you'll see regularly on my feet. Those are the girls that when there's a nightclub event, they're on the cover of the nightclub event on a paid hosting thing. Or when there's a restaurant opening and they want to do a paid social media promotion, guess who's going to be on there? The girls who were my friends and we worked together. Mm. Not the girl who was a hater and didn't tag my name <laughs> in my photo. I took the bird. Like, hey, you got that once. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Whatever. You know? Yeah, it's just yeah, it's so that's silly. so true. Aubrey's a legend. So Aubrey was actually the one that um introduced me to you and was like, You should get Miles on the podcast. Oh, perfect. Yeah, she's a legend. Yeah, that's, um that's which really speaking nice. speaking Yay, of Aubrey, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Aubrey. Aubrey was the one that um that yeah uh, sent you like sent you to me and I was like, Oh yeah, he seems cool. Um so yeah, uh speaking of Aubrey, you're gonna be in Australia oh, next stuck. week. You know, so what <laughs> <laughs> You know, like when people are like, oh, he's really cool. I'm like, oh, shut oh. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Um, Yeah, you're going to be in Australia next week. That's right. Oh, Yes, nice. yeah, he's coming uh, to the Adult Industry fortunate. Awards. Oh, yeah, the Australian yeah. Adult Industry Awards nominated me uh, for their Hall of Fame, which I, it's uh, very, very flattering. Um, I, I'm in a unique space uh, because I'm already in four Halls of Fame and I have a Lifetime Achievement Award, so... I think either they're telling me I'm four times as old as everybody or <laughs> you really did hard work and we, we appreciate it. That's cool. I, I'll take it either way. <laughs> cool. but Just take the really flattering yeah. to have that happen in Australia as well. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you there then. Yeah, we will see you yeah. there. Yeah. And, um, wait. What do you plan on getting up to in Australia? <laughs> uh, well, I would like to go and log a dive. That's one of the things I like to do because I'm a scuba diver. So I'm going to bring my dive book and my BCD mm -hmm. and I would like to log a dive down there because I, I have this tradition, I like to go to foreign countries that uh, I've never been before, and I'll log a dive into my dog dive book because I think that's nice. kind of cool. I also want to meet up with some of my favorite Subaru Group fans and friends that I've made over the years because because of my crazy Subaru Forester that I built. Mm -hmm. um, I've made a lot of friends in Australia who have Subaru Foresters as well, and so I'm trying to kind of meet up with a few of them. And take some pictures of some JDM Foresters because we don't get a whole lot of right-hand drive Foresters over here. And as, as you know, you guys are right-hand drive. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to taking a few pictures and hanging out with some of our, my fellow Subaru Group members because I started a group actually because we found the same sort of problem in Facebook groups where there were just a lot of trolls. 
Yeah. Uh, and I found it in particular when I started to move into that market space with my car and building my car, you found a lot of trolls. And I'm like, you know, maybe that works for you sitting in your mom's basement in your tidy whities <laughs> and, and you're talking shit to people on the internet, but that doesn't work for me. Right. Cause I'm looking for like-minded people who I want to share and, you know, I'll ship you parts, you ship me parts and we, 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 we help each other with each other's builds. So after finding that, we were looking for this group and couldn't find it. A group of us friends got together and started the group nice. we wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. And it became hugely successful. Uh, and it's a hugely popular Subaru group that isn't just about Subaru because most of us have other hobbies and other cars. You know, I have a supercar, I have bikes, I, and I like building lots of stuff. My friends do too. So there's like little areas where people talk about their planes or knives or guns or tools or, and it's also the only place uh, where you'll see all my very famous gal friends who have taken Forrester Friday pictures with my car. Um, so on Fridays, Forrester owners will take a Forrester Friday picture. Usually it's just of their car. Mm -hmm. And three years ago, I started with a picture of Angela White in front of my Forrester for my Australian Forrester friends and said, hey, here's a Forrester Friday picture of Angela White with my Forrester. And it was so popular that I started to do it every Friday. So for three years straight now, I've done a Forrester Friday picture set with a very famous girl and my Forrester. And the only place where you see all of the pictures is in that Subaru group. But the oh, also side okay. benefit is all those girls joined that Subaru group because we're all nice guys. We have a no troll policy yeah. and we post a lot of funny memes as you have, have seen, cause I've sent, yeah, <laughs> sent you guys some really funny memes. <laughs> so you can see my sense of humor that, that kind of stuff is what we do in the group. We're really, you know, a bunch of good guys and gals yeah. and we post funny stuff and then we work on our cars and talk about stuff that we, you know, we wouldn't necessarily post on our personal Facebook pages. Mm. And it's like a safe pace for us to go and do that. So it's called the Subi Society, and if you look it up on Facebook, you'll see it's very popular. And if you join, you're more than welcome. You don't necessarily have to own a Subaru Forester or a Subaru, uh, but you we have a strict old troll policy: don't creep on the girls, be funny, and have a nice time. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And you'll get along great with everybody there. Yeah, it's it's really tough to build a good community online. So to be able to do yeah. that, it's it's a credit yeah, to you because as well. <laughs> oh, anywhere you go, like. YouTube, Reddit, Facebook, like any way you create a community online, it is so difficult to cultivate it in the way you want. And so I've been through that process and I know how difficult it is. So it's, yeah, it's credit to you for managing to do that because it's tough. It really is. Well, I think it, the, the best example of that, and we, we learned this in the military, right? They tell you leadership is top down. Hmm. If you're going to be a scumbag as a leader, everybody under you is going to be a scumbag because that's the example you set for them. Yeah. Right? So if you're going to be an admin of a group and everybody sees you're a super nice guy, you don't mm -hmm. tolerate trolling, you're not racist, you're not phobic in any way. You post funny memes, you help each other, you ship people parts, you encourage other people. When people ask, you know, questions and they're new, you don't belittle them, you encourage them. Then you encourage a community, that becomes that too, right? Because 100%. the community becomes like the founders and the admins. Mm. 
And so, and that's what we found with problems with other Subaru groups that were just overrun by trolls. I'm like, you can be a troll, but you, no. I'm going to clown you, then I'm going to block you, <laughs> and then, then, then you don't get to see my pictures anymore, and I don't really care, yeah. right? So, so what, you know? Mm. So, no fair. So, what I'm curious, what do you find? you enjoy doing the most right now because it, it sounds like you got a lot going on right you got the you got the cars and bike building tv show um, yeah your tv show there's the <laughs> lingerie mma yep. fighting and everything the adult <laughs> is, like what do you enjoy doing the most like if you had a day of work and you could only do it in one of these spaces what what do you enjoy the most that's tough because i like doing all of those things so much mm. so i think that's one of the things that's helped me stay grounded is that I do a lot of things and I, the job I do is not who I am. It's what I do. Mm -hmm. What comes out when you see me and you meet me is a very genuine person because I'm not wrapped up in my stage persona. It, I just happen to be, you know, a funny, happy go lucky guy. And I do all of these things because I enjoy them. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm not working, the hobbies that I have are specifically designed to keep me grounded and focused in the moment. So there's stuff like, you know, parachuting, riding motorcycles, scuba diving, mm -hmm. shooting guns, stuff where you really <laughs> have to focus on. on what you're doing. <laughs> so that you have that variety, but you're also really hyper-focused. So your mind doesn't drift off and because I'm pretty OCD. So I'll be like, oh, wait, tomorrow mm -hmm. I got to do this. And then Wednesday I got this photo shoot. And then Thursday I got to shoot the thing for the car. And then, so I specifically pick hobbies that make me focus on what I'm doing in front of me right now. Okay. I've never met anyone with more Otherwise, dogs than me. <laughs> <laughs> you two right? remind me of each other. Cat's got that drive that you have, and have he's like, like always working well. a thousand things. That's a good. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. As long that's as you don't spread yourself too <laughs> Yeah, and then and somebody helps keep you focused on the important whatever focus is at that moment, then you can do really well. Mm. You know, for sure. So. What um what's what's in store for the future the future of Miles any any other things yeah crazy where are you paddling ideas? off to next gonna <laughs> study medicine <laughs> be an astronaut well, I, funny funny that you ask I you know I always like expanding my horizons so <coughs> on that bucket list of things to do of that I'm trying to try and take uh, care of this year is I want to get my EMT license. Because I think it would be a good idea to learn more first aid. So I'm going to go get my ENT certification. And I want to take a, a tactical driving class. Because, mm -hmm. you know, while I'm a um, pretty good driver and I'm used to setting lap times and stuff, um, what I'd like to do is take a, a class where I can ram cars and do pit maneuvers and do bootlegger reverses and J turns and, you know, funny stuff like that that, that you don't normally <laughs> get to do in your own car. Nor, nor would you want to do in your own car, right? Yeah. So I'm like, hey, I talk, talk to a couple of friends, like, hey, let's go take this class. He's like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's go take it. I'm like, all right, I'm in, <laughs> you know? Fuck yeah. So, yeah. And I just did a, a rally for the first time. That was on my bucket list. So I went and did the Savage Rally, oh, damn. which was pretty cool. Uh, we went uh, through the mountains of Tennessee and North Carolina, ended up in Atlanta. Uh, at a track and did a track day there and I flew home. So that's pretty cool. I always wanted to do that. Wow. So that, that's pretty cool. And make your bucket list and just keep adding to it. Yeah. And then just commit to doing it every year. Don't don't wait and go, man, I'll wait till five years from now to go get my EMT certification. Mm. No, 
figure out a way to go do it now. I think we're lo- you know? lost twins. It's like I'm listening to myself no, talk. I would say she's a much prettier twin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you. That's hilarious. I think she got all the pretty stuff and I got the, you know, <laughs> the, the pretty beard. That's what I got. <laughs> you do have a much nicer beard. I oh, will yeah. give you that. We couldn't both be pretty. The- that would just be unfair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so what's your advice going forward for other people that like, like not only in the industry but being broad? Because I know you went Just from being a space, <laughs> yeah, you went from a space where it was yeah. very pigeonholed, and then you expanded out from sure. that. So I know you have, have said, you know, stay hardworking, stay motivated, look for new opportunities, don't sure. be like blinded. Uh, what would you give advice to like young guys starting out or people that are trying to transition from maybe the porn industry to other things and, and feel a bit pigeonholed? Well, you know, first of all, there's no substitute for work ethic, right? You have to have a drive to get up every morning and kick butt all day and then get up the next morning and do it again, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to be relentless. But aside from you being relentless, you need to have, just like we talked about with the Facebook groups, you need to have that group of mentors and friends who will do that with you. You want to find people who are going to collectively bring you up and you're going to bring them up at the same time because friendship is not a one-way street, right? It can't be all give and they all take. It has to be give and take. You guys are going to give each on each side. You got to take each on each side so you need to find those people and surround yourself with those people who are going to bring you up just like you're going to bring them up and then you need to work cooperatively together so it's a much more team oriented or team kind of uh, participation view of how to be successful and you got to be selective because if if you pick people who are just going to be takers then you're actually giving your success away to other people, right? Mm. So you want to do that. You want to be relentless. You want to find those people who are going to bring you up so that you can bring them up. You want to work cooperatively and march in the same direction. Awesome. You know, And there's no, no real secret for success, right? You, you just keep putting your feet one foot in front of the other and head in the same direction, and eventually – you get to where you're walking to, right? It's the same way in business and in life because a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, I just I want to, you know, build a house and flip it or I, I want to do a stock flip and make a bunch of money overnight. No, the smart thing to do, you know, the, the tortoise and the hare equation, right? No. That's what they talk about, right? You want to be the tortoise, mm-hmm. right? You want to get rich in real estate, you buy low, you sit on it for a long period of time and then you sell high, you make a ton of money. And, you know, that's what I did with my my money from the adult business. I didn't buy 200 Louis Vuitton purses. I sucked <laughs> it in the you know? And I know a lot of girls that did, you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, oh same, same. Yeah. You got to buy an apartment building, you know what I mean? Yeah. You maybe buy some commercial property. It would be a lot better than another purse you know, or another watch. I'm just saying that's mm. I have priorities, right? So it allowed me to do really well, but it was – who I surrounded myself with. You know, my dad used to always tell me, he, he used to say, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Mm. And it's so true, right? Because if you are surrounded by a bunch of scumbags, 
you're a scumbag. Yeah. They rub off true. on you. Yeah. They, they have that saying, like you are like the five closest people exactly, you surround yeah. yourself with. Yeah, 100%. Right. It's so true. It's 100%. It is. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So if you do that and you are open to people mentoring, you know, find somebody who's a mentor. Mm. You know, I, I had a couple people along the way that mentored me. And they were instrumental in helping me become who I am today. You know, people like Michael Nan, people like Chris Streams and Laurent Sky. And I always pay that karma back. I always tried mm. to help the kids come on up if they were willing to listen. You know what I mean? Especially if they were fresh into the business as a performer. And they're like, how do I get better? I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll share some secrets. I'll show you all. We'll shoot some content scenes for you so I can show you, you know, you how to open up well, how to transition a girl, how to position the girl, how to move around, how to get so that you're camera friendly. Because if you make the girl look good and you're camera friendly, you can get a lot more work and you can charge more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, sure. if you're difficult to shoot and you have wood problems and the, you, you don't make the girl feel good and she looks, she feels awkward and you're pulling her hair. You're not going to have a whole lot of people who want to work with you, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's and you can't charge very much money for it either because nobody wants to look at that. Yeah. So it's just, you know, an example of things to bear in mind on your road to success in life, you know? For sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you Great so much. last words. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, it's been thank a you. pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for taking a precious time out of your very, very busy I know. schedule. I don't know how you fit I, us I in. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I felt like I didn't, I did all the talking. No, <laughs> no, 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 no we love that. Yeah. I no, people are probably sick of listening to us talk every week. <laughs> Where's the best place that people can find you? Um, how, how, oh, what a great question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, check my social media out. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the same everywhere, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or Facebook. It's miles long for real. And that's the number or digit four and real R-E-A-L. And by all means, you know, if you're on Facebook and you like cars and you like funny memes and you like bikes and you like pretty girls and you like uh, tools and you have other hobbies, Come check out our Subaru Facebook group. It's called The Subi Society. You can't miss it. You'll have a lot of fun there. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys in person and yeah. attending the adult, uh, Australian Adult Industry Awards. It's going to be a very a special first time. I'm going to have to figure out something snappy to wear here, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have outfit. your outfit. I'm going to bring a suit. I'm going to bring a suit and I'm going to bring a nice tie. You know Perfect. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't go buy one. Yeah. So right. <laughs> I'm going to have to go shopping with you just to patrol. Make exactly. sure it's nice. Make sure it's nice. Make sure it's cat approved. But uh, yeah, yeah. So miles long for real. We'll oh, put, we can put it all yeah, in the we'll put it in comments. The and maybe send me, yeah, sure. do you want to send me a link? You've already got me an Instagram. Do you want to send me a link to a little Facebook group? Yeah. And we can put it. Put a link there. We can just chuck all of the links. Yep. <laughs> in the comments yeah, 100%. all right yep. well thank you so much and we'll see you next week actually yeah yeah we'll see you Absolutely. next week thanks guys so much